0: You're listening to the Curious City Podcast from WBEZ Chicago.
1: Hey everybody, Jennifer Brandell here with the latest Curious City podcast. Well, we recorded last week's podcast before Christmas. It's a little trick you can do when you're not live radio. It's pre-record. So we didn't think to say it last week, but we hope you had a lovely holiday season and are enjoying a very sweet start to 2013. All of us at Curious City took a little time off. Logan went to Maine, Sean visited relatives, I got hitched, and then I fled the country for a honeymoon. I went to Mexico, and you know how the joke is that you get sick from eating the food in Mexico. Well, we did get sick, and it was from eating Mexican food, but it was from eating Mexican food at O'Hare Airport right before we boarded the flight to go to Mexico. Wah-wah. Well, it sucked, but it's kind of hilarious in retrospect. Anyway, we didn't get sick from any food in Mexico. It was glorious. I hope you, dear listener, have not caught that nasty flu going around, gotten food poisoning, and you're in overall good health. Okay, so in this week's episode, we're bringing you a story you might not have heard if you didn't have your radio on over the holidays. We got this question in from Jeff Johnson, who lives in Chicago's Bronzeville neighborhood.
2: I keep hearing that uh, pickup trucks are not allowed on Lakeshore Drive, uh, though I do see a number of them daily, and that there are parts of the city where pickups are not allowed to park. Is all that true? And if so, why?
1: Getting an answer to this one was quite a ride. WBEZ's Lauren Children reports. So I had a quick question for
0: Jeff. That's Jeff with one F. Why does he care about pickup trucks in Chicago? Well, Jeff's been driving one truck or another since 1987.
2: Well, I used to do a lot of camping and outdoorsy kind of things, so it was just easier to throw it all in the back of the pickup.
0: Right now, he's got a Dodge Ram, and he drives it a lot.
2: I'm also a wedding officiant, so I'm often meeting brides in the evenings and weekends, and uh, since I go visit them, I end up parking all parts of the city.
0: That got Jeff wondering and worrying. Was he going to walk out of a bride's home one of these days to a bright orange ticket on his car?
2: And I'm always halfway expecting to be pulled over on Lakeshore Drive.
0: So where is it that Jeff and his new Dodge can and can't go? I decided to tackle this in parts. First up, Lakeshore Drive. I put the question to the city's law department, and they emailed me relevant parts of the municipal code. And if legalese could speak, here's what Chicago Code 9-72-020 might sound like.
3: It shall be unlawful to operate any vehicle upon any boulevard, A, when such vehicle is used for carrying freight or other goods and merchandise for commercial purposes, B, when such vehicle is designed... If you don't speak that
0: language, here's the scoop. No, pickup trucks cannot drive on Lakeshore Drive. Basically, Lakeshore Drive is considered a boulevard, so vehicles with truck license plates designed to carry freight or commercial goods are supposed to stay off. That's even if the driver is not using the vehicle for that purpose. There are exceptions. Take it away, municipal code.
3: Notwithstanding the foregoing provisions, it shall not be unlawful to operate any of the vehicles described in clauses A, B, and C on those portions of Interstate Route 55 and the exit and entrance ramps. Translation,
0: if you drive a Ford F-150 to a Bears game and you take I-55 to the Soldier Field parking lot, you should be okay. Or if you're a construction worker and you bring lumber to McCormick Place for a convention, that's fine too. Otherwise, no pickups on Lakeshore Drive. But why? That took some digging. City Hall had a hard time tracking down answers. One person even called my request WBEZ's latest trivial pursuit question. Not so trivial to our Jeff with one F. He gets a little anxious while driving that Dodge Ram on Lakeshore. But I do get an answer from the source on Chicago maps at his apartment. Hello. Hey, Dennis, it's Lauren from WBEZ. Hey, okay, 11 Dennis McClendon produced maps for the Encyclopedia of Chicago, and he even drew the original system map of the CTA. McClendon says the truck issue goes way back to the late 1800s, when Lakeshore Drive was first planned.
3: And it was to be a pleasure drive. It was not to be a traffic-carrying arterial. It was a way to enjoy the park in your carriage or your brougham.
0: A brougham, by the way, is a light carriage that was drawn by a single horse.
3: I think it was Thursday afternoons were set aside for fast driving, and so the young men who lived on the Gold Coast nearby would bring out their fastest trotting horses and their lightweight broughams and race each other.
0: McClendon says later in the 1930s, this parkway grew into the outer drive and inner drive we know today. The idea was to allow more traffic on Lakeshore Drive, but this whole concept of a pleasure drive stuck. Here's how McClendon explains it. In the old days, fancy apartment buildings had one entrance for residents and separate entrances for tradesmen.
3: You wouldn't want a scruffy workman carrying his toolbox through the front door just as Miss Nose was coming out with her poodle.
0: McClendon says the same logic applies to Lakeshore. Pickups were mostly used for work, for commercial traffic.
3: It's just a holdover from the old days, really.
2: Things have changed. The buggies aren't there.
0: Again, it's Jeff with 1F, the guy who asked our question.
2: I think they need to revise the law. You know, to, because it's no longer a pleasure drive, and anyone who's been on during rush hour knows that.
0: And apparently, Jeff's not the only pickup truck driver who's defying the law during rush hour. I took a trip up and down the entire drive, and I spotted 37 pickup trucks. And for the record, I passed a police car. But so did a pickup. No ticket. Now, Jeff also asked where pickups can park. Here, again, is our trusty municipal code.
3: In the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th 6th 7th 8th 9th 10th 11th 12th 13th 14th, Now
0: those are the 15, Chicago wards 16, where you can park pickup 18, trucks on residential 19, streets. It's a long 20, list. You can park non-commercial pickups in most of the city. Residents just have to work with an alderman to get stickers and permits to park overnight. But that long list doesn't include two wards on the north side. 38 and 39,
3: where... It shall be unlawful to park any truck, tractor, semi-trailer, trailer, recreational vehicle more than 22 feet in length, self-contained motorhome, bus, taxi cab, or livery vehicle on any residential street for a longer period... So
0: than why would that be? Margaret Larino is alderman in the 39th Ward. You know, this has been an area where the um, my constituents would prefer not to have big pro- trucks parked on their residential side streets. Alderman Lorino says she does hear complaints about the no parking policy, but mostly from people who are moving into her ward. My staff oftentimes has been instructed by me to say, um, well, you're just going to have to park your pickup truck either in your garage or find um, an off-site parking space. And that's been the policy for as long as she's been in office, 17 years. She says her office checks with residents every year, and for the most part, they want their streets pickup free. Remember the high-nosed woman and her poodle? It's kind of the same idea here. In other words, no commercial trucks in a beautiful neighborhood. As you can imagine, question asker Jeff doesn't see it that way.
2: A pickup can be just as easy to look at as, again, an SUV or a Hummer or uh, some really ratty car.
0: But Jeff isn't the only one who's giving the truck parking issue some scrutiny. Mike Brockway runs the Expired Meter, a blog that helps Chicagoans solve driving, traffic, or ticket problems.
3: Am I using a vehicle 51% of the time to get groceries for my family and bring my kids to school and bring them to violin lessons? Uh, and 49 percent of the time I'm using it for business purposes. I mean, how do you define that?
0: Brockway says it's time the city upgrade the policy on truck parking. There's just no reason a truck should be in the same parking categories as livery vehicles and buses and
3: RVs. It is a dinosaur of a piece of law. And if you start reading through it, you start getting a headache. And I think that the idea, be to- at least my theory, on parking and driving laws, they need to be simple, right, so people can understand them.
0: Where do most Chicagoans fall on the issue? Well, again, it's okay to park in most wards. And take what happened in the 38th Ward this November. Voters there said they wanted to change gears and allow pickups to park on residential streets. But until the municipal code reads crystal clear, Brockway's got this advice for pickup drivers and for Jeff with one F. If you're going to park that pickup, triple check with the alderman first. Lauren Chulgin, WBEZ.
1: Well, I for one had no idea about pickup truck discrimination before seeing this question and hearing the story. And I have Lauren Chulgin, the reporter you just heard, in studio with me here to give you a little bit of inside information as to how the story came together. Welcome, Lauren. Thank you. So in terms of what didn't make it into the piece, you know, Oftentimes, when you're a listener and you're hearing stuff, you just think that the piece comes out fully formed and everything happens this if way. Only that were true, <laughs> <I> no. <know, Randall. laughs> Was there anything that uh, didn't make it in there? Or any adventures you went on that uh, didn't pan out?
0: Yeah, actually, uh, one in particular that people might find enjoyable is I mentioned in the piece that I had gone out on Lakeshore Drive and counted just to see for myself. You know, are there pickup trucks abiding by these rules, or do they just you know rebel without a cause? They're just driving because they want to. And sure enough, I I did. I did count, as I mentioned, you know, 30-something pickup trucks driving up and back. Uh, The method for this, the idea behind it was that I would record this and that I could use it in the piece as a nice scene for, you know, listeners to kind of see, you know, how many trucks were really on this place where they're not supposed to be. So were you like pulled over? or Oh, you no, doing? no, no, no. I I, <laughs> I was literally driving, recording and counting alone. <laughs> and it just... That should know, be against the law. Just, <laughs> it just might not be uh, legal what I did. And, and that's not why we didn't include it because it was... The, it, we mostly didn't include it because it just didn't work in the way that we thought. It just didn't seem like something that listeners would be like, oh, that makes sense to me. Lots of trucks. It just kind of sounded like me playing a long road trip car game. Like, oh, my God, a pickup truck. Oh, there's a blue
1: one. Oh, there's a green one. Oh, my God. And, you know, that doesn't really teach anybody anything. And one thing I noticed when I, when I went back, I was, you know, out of town for a little while, but I looked back at your story and there were a ton of comments on there from truck drivers, people who have been gaming the system. Was there anything you learned from what they added to the conversation after the story aired?
0: Yeah, I think the interesting thing is that you don't think people are going to be very interested or excited about the municipal code. And then you (laughs) realize that it is what runs our city, and therefore people are, in fact, interested. And um, you, we also learned about a lot of people who have, like you mentioned, found loopholes to different laws that we talked about. Um, another thing that was left on the cutting room floor that we didn't get to was the discussion of uh, license plates and the different types of license plates you can get when you register your vehicle with the state of Illinois. And um, for the most part, the trucks that they're mentioning, these like trucks that are designed to carry goods or freight, et cetera, would get a B truck license plate if they're under 8,000 pounds or less. And B is for business? Um, I'm actually not sure what B is for, but this is just the type of plate that I believe that you would register for. So that's – generally speaking, those are the type of license plates that shouldn't be on the drive. So truck drivers have figured out over the years this loophole, which is mentioned in the comments section, about how if you get an RV plate or a different plate – you know, maybe a cop wouldn't pull you over and you're less likely to get pulled over if you are, you know, have a a bed or a, whatever it's called in the back of the truck, a, a cap on the back of the truck or whatever it's called. This is why we didn't include it in the piece pretty much is that a loophole to a law isn't following the rules. So uh, when there's a question asked about, you know, can trucks drive on Lakeshore Drive and where can they and can they not park? Yeah. My answer as a reporter can't be, well, if you get this one type of license plate, you could probably avoid being ticketed. I mean, that would be like me admitting the true fact of I still have New Hampshire license plates on my car and therefore don't get parking tickets, which is true. Genius. It's not a good thing. I do not suggest that anyone else does it, but it's the same type of situation. It's, it's, not, you know, it's, it's not the answer to the question, but it is true that there are truck
1: drivers out there that have gotten different plates on their cars to kind of avoid this debacle. Interesting. That raises a nice ethical question. And also, I mean, I wonder that if, if you were to bring that up in the story, whether or not that might, I don't know, inspire City Hall to just take this up and finally rewrite the code, you know, if, if people hear about this and it becomes more popular. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, I kind of almost hope that anyway, because... Just like with the uh, residential parking permits, just like with the you know people trying to park their cars on really tiny residential streets and not knowing like which is permit, which is you know uh commercial parking, which is i mean all of the parking and driving issues in the city seem to be a little bit of a mess, and I think yeah. a lot of people are confused about them you know in real time, so I think anytime you shed light on confusion or questions that people have about living in their own city and just trying to live their daily lives, i mean, I think we always hope as journalists that Maybe some clarification or better
1: laws or what have you will come out of it. Definitely. Yeah. Do you feel like there's any moral to this story that you've learned, even though you're not a truck driver yourself or a pickup truck driver?
0: Yeah. Moral to the story as a Toyota Corolla, a 99 Toyota Corolla driver, vintage special vehicle. um, I would say the moral of the story is that everybody should really do their due diligence and, you know, get that shoe leather going, walk on over to your alderman's office and ask them straight up, you know, this is my vehicle. These are my, you know, registration papers what kind of stickers, what kind of permits, you know, what do I need to make sure that I am just totally sure to be safe? I mean, it is a pain, you know, you're going to have to pay some fees, of course, like we all do. But I mean, I just, it's in
1: the long run, it's better for you. And it's probably better for your neighbors if you just make sure you're doing all the right stuff. That's some good advice. Excellent. Thank you so much, Lauren, for coming in and giving us a little bit more than we heard in the story. Thank you. Another thing I wanted to mention about this story is that one of our sources, Dennis McClendon, who talks about Miss Hynos, well, he easily wins the Curious City Commenter of the Year Award for 2012. I didn't do the math, but I'm guessing he left over 200 comments. He knows just about everything there is to know about Chicago, and he frequently gives really good leads and information on questions that you all have asked on the Curious City website. So what's the lesson here? Well, commenters can and do find their way into stories becoming sources and more so if you think you know a thing or two about chicago go to curiouscity.wbez.org and browse through our new and unanswered questions we got a new website there hopefully it's pretty easy and intuitive for you to check out and if you have any thoughts or opinions on the new version something's not working please let us know you can email us at curiouscity.wbez.org
3: Stop cavalry.
1: Some day I'm gonna find you walk on rich enough to pay my
3: way.
1: Oh yeah, we have a question for you. We are working on a story about the Nike missile sites that were in the area around the Cold War in Chicago, kind of in the suburbs in the region. And we're looking to find an old timer who remembers that era and perhaps even has something to do with those sites. So someone who worked on it, someone who helped design it, someone with a memory of them. Do you know such a person or do you have suggestions on where to find him or her? Well, if you do, let us know. Please email us at CuriousCity.WBEZ.org. All right, well, that does it for this week. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Sean Ali, our editor, and Logan Jaffe, our intern. And thank you so much to Adam Pindle. He's produced this podcast up until now. And sad to say, but it's just the reality of the situation. We've used up all of our grant money for this project, and as a result, we can't keep him on. If that makes you sad like it does us, you can toss a few bucks in the bucket by pledging online at WPEZ.org. There's a big heart icon on the website. We hope to get him back sooner than later.
0: I've been trying to reach you. I've been trying.
1: Next week, you can look forward to the deconstruction of the evolution of the Chicago accent. What does that mean? Well, it's too hot for hockey. Too hot for hockey. Too hot for hockey. Too hot for hockey.
0: Curious City is produced by Jennifer Brandel, WBEZ and AIR, the Association of Independence and in Radio. Lead financial support comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.